Hello and welcome to Pay to Play episode 74. We're back. It's the best time of the year. Pickmas, December 1st, given Tuesday that we're recording this. I'm James Edzikowski, Frank Guy with me, and we are ready to rock in this episode and talk yeah. to you a little bit about Pikmin, a little bit about what's going on in the college football, college basketball landscape, a little bit about the NFL, uh, a little bit about the market around Black Friday, uh, and then we're going to make this a quick one and wrap it up with some Christmas music for you for our song of the week. Uh, but Frank, I think you're doing pretty well. Uh, I, I know I ate pretty well for Thanksgiving, and uh, we were both just really excited for December to come around on the calendar uh, to bring back Pikmas Part 2. That's our fun fact today, to so talk a little bit about Pikmas, how how well our contestants did last year. Uh, we had 175 people pick games last year, and over over 50% of, or excuse me, 100 of those 175 were over 50% correct in their selections um, so this year we're switching up the rules a little bit and that we're making you select a little bit more often. But Frank, I don't, I don't know if you want to, if you care to speak a little bit more about that. I mean, I got to believe if anyone's listening, they know the rules by reading our, our Instagram. But yeah, guys, just you got to pick at least 20 days this year. We're not going to let you just stop after picking half the days. So you really got to be involved. But it doesn't mean you have to pick every day. You can be a little slow. Um but yeah, everyone just have a lot of fun with Pickmas. We we love it. We already got I think 130 people on day one's edge, so pretty good yeah. numbers. Let's see if we can bump it up past that 175 we had last year. I'd love to get over 200 this year. So yeah, tell your friends, tell your family, get them involved in Pickmas. Change every word from Christmas to Pickmas in the songs. You know, it's Pickmas time, man. Yeah, I mean, we can really do it any way you want. It's it's 25 days of Pickmas. I'm excited. Someone is going to win a $100 free play. Zach, $100 free play. I don't know what I bet it on because you right now are not doing great with our bookies. But um, could, be, could be better. I, I, if if they win Pickmas, they they probably are going to have like a 75% win percentage. So I, I feel confident they'll get one more win and, and win that $100 for sure. You would think, and it, yeah, Lord knows what sports we'll see on Christmas. We've we've heard the NBA rumblings about December 22nd return. Uh, nothing confirmed at this point, so we'll see what's available. We're going to roll with the punches, and we'll find at least one game or one, you know, worst case scenario, we'll make up something with spreads, you know, if every sport gets canceled on a day, because uh, COVID can ruin a lot of things, but it cannot ruin <laughs> Pickmas. Uh, we'll like, we'll so, play our own like, we'll play our own video game or something that day, if, if something like that happens. We'll throw a spread. We'll, we'll stream. We'll stream some Twitch. Yeah, we'll get on Twitch yeah. and give give the people what they want. All right. Yep. So I think that's enough Pickmas talk. It should be a lot of fun uh, and see if you can beat yeah, what, us. What's game one? Game one tonight. Yeah, we, we're recording this as Michigan State is taking on Duke in the Champions Classic. Uh, Michigan State was up four at half last I checked, and, and they were four point dogs. So fifteen uh, right now. Sixteen minutes left. Holy! Wow. They were down nine. They in came this to game play to Tom Izzo. Yeah, I, I, company. I, I suppose. I, I think I think we were both on Michigan State plus four in pick, so we're looking good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> strong start from us. Expect nothing less from the experts that we are. Uh, while we talk about some of these blue blood programs, I think Kansas also plays later tonight. Kansas, Kentucky, um, and speaking of some of the blue bloods, Kentucky and Villanova already have a loss to start the season. Uh, Richmond taking down Kentucky earlier this weekend, as well as Virginia Tech knocking out. Villanova. Uh, so already seeing a couple of the what you would expect to be kind of top 10 teams year in, year out. I have an early slip up. And just I think that's worth noting is we haven't seen a ton of huge upsets, but 
Those are the two notable ones in my eyes so far. Um, yeah, I'm a believer. I want to ask you this: is is it a shortened schedule or like a an abridged schedule for most teams? Is it does it depend on the conference with with COVID still? Do you know? Yeah, it does. It really was a program by program decision, and I think so. Like a lot of teams and these early season um, tournaments, if you will. For instance, the battle for Atlantis this year is supposed to be. Uh, you know, in Atlantis, and it was supposed to be Duke, Ohio State, Memphis, um, West Virginia. It was supposed to be like eight pretty Wich- darn good Wichita schools. Wichita State, yeah. Yeah. So all, like that entire tournament moved to South Dakota last week, and literally the only school that stayed in out of those eight was Memphis. Memphis stayed, and they got like seven other teams to come play in South Dakota. <laughs> um, so a lot of those early season matchups that were planned did not go on as scheduled, um, but most conferences are still trying to do you know, their full conference schedule if they can. I think you're going to see more flexibility with college hoops in the extent that, um, you know, you have some days off and everything. It's not like a football schedule where you can play multiple times. You can't play multiple times in a week. Um, You're going to see a lot of games probably get flexed around as the season goes on. I think John Rothstein himself said uh, he, he would expect a team to make the NCAA tournament that plays 15 or less games. That was one of his bold predictions. Um, and so that's he's expecting further cancellations. We'll see what happens with them. Uh, but I've seen it, you know, left and right. I think the schedules will be shortened as we go on. Um, so I think everyone's kind of just taking that grain of salt with the season. They want to get a schedule in, you know, whatever the season might look like. So to that extent, it just makes every game a little bit more important. Because you don't have as many games to build up that that resume if, if, if there's more cancellations, I guess, down the line. So, like, these early season games, you got to win those those close ones against some conference foes. It'll be interesting. Yeah. 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 No, I, know I think it's going to be really tough. Answer. It's going to be the toughest year for the committee, i got to believe, to pick 68. Oh, without question. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see if if there's any conference tournaments that can't get played if things still are ramping up in the early spring. But, I mean, fingers crossed that isn't the case. Uh, one thing I did want to talk to you about, Frank, and I know we have some Big Ten bias ourselves, but it could be the best conference in basketball this year. It really could. I think Michigan State's putting on a show tonight, as you said already. Um, you got other teams like Illinois, uh, Iowa with Luca Garza as, you know, potential player of the year candidate. And then Wisconsin, another team I think slipped into the top 10 of the rankings. Four really strong programs this year in the top top 25, not to mention teams like Michigan, Ohio State, et cetera. I think it, it is probably the deepest conference in hoops this year. With all due respect to the ACC, uh, Big East, et cetera, I, I just don't see another conference that boasts that kind of depth front to bottom. No, not at all. You didn't even mention uh, Indiana, who's a really good team. They returned most of their starters. So, I mean, there's, there's just it's a lot of talent um, in the Big Ten. You don't know what's going to happen, but you're going to get probably eight teams, nine teams in the in the uh, tournament at the end of the year. Maybe more. Maybe more. It, so here's my other Maybe take more. on the season. You, as got, a whole. you got a team you what's well, and I guess this could kind of bleed into that question is. Um, uh, this could be a year where it's a veteran team. Obviously, last year where we weren't able to see the culmination of everything. But Dayton was kind of a veteran team. San Diego State, kind of a veteran team with, you know, a couple transfers and guys like that. There's not necessarily, I think, a real star freshman bunch, if you will, that's going to be leading a team. I think it will be more veteran because a lot of 
and I could be fact-checked and be wrong on this, but I think last year a lot of people either came back because, you know, they didn't get a chance to play in the tournament or, uh, you know, they – or maybe it's just one of those years where the freshmen didn't get as much hype because of COVID and everything beforehand. Like the only one I can really – I looked at a mock draft a little bit before this, and some of those names up there I didn't really know all that much. Cade Cunningham is like one of the top recruits in the nation, arguably uh, could be up there for All-American status at Oklahoma State. But beyond that, there's not a ton of things that I know. Uh, and, and Frank, I think you had the note there that they're ineligible for the postseason, yeah, so it's not like yeah. they'll get to shine on the brightest stage. Uh, probably the number one. He's about a six, 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 seven point guard type player. Um, similar talent. I, you know, he's a comparable guy to Luka Doncic. Um, you know, obviously in the NBA at, at a young age. So he's got a, a really nice arsenal, a really nice talent. They're they're taking care of Marquette actually right now. So it's unfortunate that he won't get a chance to show off that that skill in the tournament, but he'll probably be the number one draft pick. So he'll, he'll get paid. He'll I, be okay. To to throw out wild comparisons, I, I, I read something where it was like a poor man's Ben Simmons, but with a little bit better shot. So yeah, I think there is high hopes around him and a little we'll bit see. better shot. The kids, the kids got a strap. He's a good three point shooter. I mean, ben, okay, fair. don't want to shoot the ball. Okay, yeah, a lot better shot. Whatever. I mean, right, let's, moving on. Let's, let's move on. I actually random thing. What do you think about the Cavs in this Russell Westbrook rumor that that we're looking to trade for Russell Westbrook? I don't hate it, but I also I just I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. Um, I, I really don't. I and I don't really want to spend too much time talking about it because it's a little <laughs> bit over my head. Because I feel like you know what the Rockets will want in return. I mean, they'll want either Garland or Sexton, if not both. Um, and that, okay, is my response to that. Like, I, I feel <laughs> like you, the Cavs are in a developing portion right now where they kind of want to give those guys a chance to gel together. Uh, but you could just you know say whatever. We're rolling with Russ, K Love, and Drummond as your three and then you got Okoro and Chetty on the wings but hey I don't know that whatever happens happens with that I'm I'm really not <laughs> going to put too much weight behind it all right so so give me two teams you think will win the tournament like you got to pick two maybe you get right now I'll give you more than one pick yeah for NCAA we got we got to at least pick at the beginning of the season you, fair enough I'm going to take yeah, you know what I'm going to take I'm going to take the North Carolina Tar Heels your team they, wow, you know, right. they were terrible last year, but their front court has gotten a lot better. One of the best front courts in the country, and and that's how you win games in the tournament. I think you got to rebound and you got to be physical down low. I like what North Carolina has done in the off season, um, and they have a, a nice start to the season. They're ranked 14th right now, and they'll move up after a couple good wins. All right, I like that. I like that selection. I'll count. I'll, we'll now go back go. and forth. If, all right. Yep. I like the West Virginia Mountaineers. Uh, they're three and zero to start the season, uh, led by Derek Culver's, you know, a guy that does a lot for them. Um, actually, an Ohio product himself, um, yeah, out of the Youngstown area. And Miles McBride's a guy that's coming back, so they have some some guys that have been through the through the ringer, if you will. They have a nice matchup with who I would say is kind of my second team, and it's the chalk pick, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Do yeah. not look. They, I mean, it's the chalk pick, but I, I'll tell you what. I think they fit the bill as as much as a number one team ever could. They have you know veteran guys in terms of Drew Timmy, um, but they've got another young guy, Jalen Suggs, at the guard position who looks electric. 
Um, so I, I think Gonzaga is legitimate this year. You know, they, I, people say that about them every year, and they, they still have yet to kind of come up with that title. Uh, but Mark Few is going to be out gunning for it. Gonzaga's got a fun, fun schedule here as they get West Virginia, Baylor at the end of the week. They play Iowa in mid-December. Uh, so they, they're they going to be battle-tested, too, before the season's end. Yeah, um, that's obviously a, a group. Um, they're they're just a talented team. I I'm gonna go. I, I brought them up just a minute or a couple minutes ago. Very dark horse pick here. The Indiana Hoosiers. I think they. I told you they returned a lot of their guys. Trace Jackson Davis is a stud. He's their forward, um, and they got a couple good guards with experience. And I think they're gonna get battle tested. They're not gonna obviously be. I don't think they're gonna be top three team in the Big Ten. But I think that that kind of grind through the season will help them come tournament time. And I think they they have the talent the ability to make a big run in March. Hey, I don't hate that. I don't hate that selection. They did get walloped by, they got walloped yeah, by Shaka Smart terrible and the against Longhorns, but. In the long hair. On Shaka yeah, Smart's the, head, Shaka, man, that's crazy. Shaka Smart with hair is, uh, you know, it's 2020. Anything goes at this point. Uh, and you yeah. can't act surprised by it. But. That was um, surprising. That was surprising. I was rad. <laughs> I always thought he was bald. I mean, that dude, how did he keep it so Every did he just shave his head every day? The razor might it might have been Man. an every couple day kind of deal. Yeah, it's really hard to say. Um, all right, I think it's enough college basketball. Let's stay in the college <laughs> ranks, and we're not going to do a ton of time with it. Uh, but in the college football scene, not a lot has changed since our last episode. The committee is still giving no respect to BYU. Uh, I think they're at thirteen as of late. Um, one more game on their schedule, so it's clear that uh, you know they're not going to sneak their way in. Cincinnati sitting at number seven um, and you know, Ohio State's still at that four spot. I'm fine with that. You know, it's really hard for me to justify anything higher with only four <laughs> games under their belt. Uh, they're hopeful to have Michigan State play this weekend uh, as are all Buckeye fans uh, between that and the Wolverines just to stay in contention for the Big Ten championship uh, without being ruled ineligible. Michigan's currently paused on their activities. Uh, so I would say the outlook's not great. Uh, but we'll see. What I mean, happens it would there. it would be Harbaugh's best move as the Michigan head coach to not play Ohio State to make sure his team has COVID to prevent us from go. It would be the only way he could ever prevent us from going to the Big Ten championship. I mean, I I, I don't know. I I'm nervous if, as an Ohio State, and I don't I don't think we are going to be able to make the Big Ten, which is just I mean I don't know. We better cover against Michigan State this weekend though. I'm putting a lot on it. <laughs> Of course, of course you are. Um, Ryan Day is struggling with the against the spread right now. That it makes sense because literally it was unsustainable what he was doing prior. Um, <laughs> so I, they literally the committee or Herb Street and company were talking legitimately brought up that scenario, and I I think it's outrageous. But at the same ex- like because because I think Harbaugh when I think Jim Harbaugh I think ferocious competitor a guy that. You know, he you could show him the easy way out. I don't think he would take it. He kind of has that football guy mentality, at least from what I've listened to him on, you know, pardon my take and whatnot. He He's not a guy that would roll over. I think he's almost too stubborn to take that kind of road against Ohio State. But at the same time, I don't think he's a dumbass either. So he could literally think, yes, like you said, that is my best best scenario to not lose this game is to not play it. And if that were the case, it'd be – Kind of cowardly to see Buckeye fans everywhere kind of losing their mind, and that would ignite the rivalry kind of in a weird way. 
but he might he might be done after this year. It's really hard to say what his future holds. I forget what his contract situation is, but I I don't want to be the guy to con- I don't want to be the guy to condemn him because I I would not to say I would respect the move, but it would be the probably the smart one. I don't know. I mean, two and four, he got a hand. <laughs> Penn State one and five, they Michigan last week. I mean, this is. The the Big Ten East is just flipped. Besides Ohio State, still sitting up top. You got Indiana six and zero against the spread, five and one on the year, still ranked twelfth. Without, game, without their like. quarterback anymore. Oh yeah, I forgot. It's tough. But they apparently their backup was a five star recruit or something of that nature. I haven't I done enough research Ramsey, to learn. I want to know why Peyton Ramsey left and went to Northwestern. The, Bloomington the, was wasn't doing it for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, now he's at Northwestern. Five and one. Ter- terrible loss to Michigan State, though. You played against them in high school, didn't you? Technically, Elder. Yeah, he Cincinnati beat kid. Unfortunately, yeah. he did. He did beat us. Didn't want to bring uh, we, it up. We, I mean, blast from the past. We haven't we haven't done that in a while. Um, yeah, it was tough, <laughs> tough losses. Tough loss in the pit. We we were actually the number one ranked team in the country on max press going into that game, which is just absurd and blew it. One right team, you know. I had a touchdown catch, one of, one of my three. Never forget. Okay. <laughs> Blast right, from the past we, is, I think, over. What What is going on this weekend? We got Coastal Carolina in Liberty. That's college game day is making its way to Coastal Carolina. Let's go. What, a, what an event that will be. That is awesome. Uh, I mean, Coastal like- still on. I mean, Coastal's still undefeated. They've been absolutely dominant against the spread themselves. Uh, Liberty's only loss coming to North Carolina State on a blocked field goal in Raleigh, actually. Um, so that, wow, who do I like in that one? I'll tell you what, that's that's going to be no joke there in Myrtle Beach. I I uh, I'll I'll roll with Coastal. I will just keep riding the wave. They're the home team. I don't know what the spread's even looking like yet, uh, but Liberty, whew. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be going against Hugh Freeze. I'll be honest. Yeah, Hugh Freeze, man. He, he's at peace at Liberty. Um, and he's got the boys rolling. They had a tough loss to to right right. Were they playing at NC State when they lost to NC State right down the street? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, tough loss to NC State, but I mean, it's gonna be a game. I, I'll take Liberty. I'll take the other side of the bet. I like that. Okay, let's not put any money on it, but we'll figure something out internally. Uh, this will be a one a return of the one v one bet too, with you know Pickens coming <laughs> back. Uh, I remember I wasn't faring too well with those prior. All right, let's talk. Let's um, talk NFL real quick. Real, real quick. Uh, the NFL is in shambles themselves about um, COVID <laughs> postponements. The Ravens have been getting uh, outrageous help getting the game moved almost a full week from Thursday. Of uh, Thanksgiving now to Wednesday of uh, this week. Um, it's totally messing there. Fantasy football uh, end of the regular yeah. season. Uh, oh, it's believe me, leagues are heated over it. I I don't even know the correct <laughs> protocol because I don't own any Ravens on my team. Um, actually, I do own Lamar in one league, but it's beside the point. Um, I will just say this: still ten and a half point dogs. The Steelers are not thrilled about it especially because the fact they're playing at 3.40 in the afternoon. Uh, they, NBC did not want to get rid of the coverage of Rockefeller Center's Christmas tree. Fantastic stuff there, sticking to their guns. Um, yeah, I like that. Whatever executive lobbied for that to like not 
get that switched. Anna is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of want African absolutely. football on a Wednesday. I like that. It, be able to watch be the game and go to bed early. Our, it might be our pick mess day too, but we'll Ooh. let the people know about that. All right. I, in terms of other NFL talk, there's not a ton I have for you. I mean, the Eagles backdoor cover on Seattle was one for the ages. I, I'm glad I was not at a victim of that, but I know many were. Vegas profited. Um, so when a line yeah, looks like, too easy, it probably is. That's that's the moral of that story. It was a sad beat for a lot of people, a glad beat for Vegas, a seven-figure swing for Vegas. I think almost 90% of the money was on, on Seahawks minus six. Big night for Vegas, that or six and a half even. I don't even know. The line moved from five and a half early in the week. So depends when you get the line, guys. That's that's key sometimes. Um, but speaking of sad and glad beats, Edge, we, we're back. We're back with them. You got any? Or you just... It sounds like you're just sad all around with your yeah. Just your yeah. Don't worry. Right don't wor- don't worry about me. You can explain your situation if you'd like. Uh man, you know you, you throw parlays together sometimes and you feel good about them. I had a nice five team parlay. One, it was one money line. It was Rutgers money line plus three twenty against Iowa. They get it done, and then it was four overs, and the first three of them hit as as the fourth bet hits. Um, the fifth game's already underway, unfortunately. This is a 10 to win $475 parlay. I'm feeling good. I'm like one more win away from 475 bucks. It's the Washington Virginia Utah over 47 and a half. It was a slow start, James. So what do I do? I'm like, I, I got to try to hedge a little bit here. But the, li- the live line was only 44 and a half. And I'm like, odds of this landing, if 46 or 47 are pretty slim. I'll, I'll throw at least a little bit on the uh, under 44 and a half. They, the teams obviously start heating up after I make those bets, edges, um, and of course they end right at forty-five. So lost the parlay, lost the edge, just wasn't wasn't fun. Sad beat, almost almost a four hundred seventy-five dollar winner. Um, I think Bob Khalil had something similar. Our buddy, um, what do you have more details on that? You want to share? Share a little fan? Not fan sad beat. Yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll say hearts out. Hearts out to Bob, who, you know, it was his birthday week. He had a couple birthday locks that were looking good and all. Um, but I, I don't think uh, the week ended all too well for him. And he had a big had a big parlay of some sort that came down to kind of the final start or, or the final game, if you will. And it was a little bit out there. I mean, you could ask Bob, what was he doing by, you know, betting on Wyoming basketball? I don't know if he'd have a great answer for you, but uh, Texas Southern came back and I think they're win probability was you know in the in the uh, teens maybe single digits at, uh, in the second half uh but yeah Texas Southern came down on Wyoming uh after a huge i think they outscored them by 21 in the second half uh that is that is correct yeah they were up 19 Wyoming Cowboys uh now now renowned as second half choke artists uh so if you ever find yourself <laughs> in a Wyoming basketball game fade them late uh, but that's all i really want to talk about in terms of sad beats yeah, well, let's let's turn this sadness around. The markets have been hot. Last week, we saw more positive coronavirus vaccine news edge. And now the Dow Jones, it hit that perennial 30,000 mark for the first time. It notched up, up more than 12% for the month of November. Best month since 1987. How about that? And also the S&P 500 and Russell 2000 posted fresh record highs as well. Um, it was a short trading week as we had Thanksgiving off and, and uh, early market close on Friday. But basically, yeah, investors are keeping this this happy beat. What are, what are you seeing? 
I I mean I I'm seeing what you are seeing and what everyone else is seeing. We are living the post-election life, uh, riding the wave of it essentially. Like uh, you know, it, it's almost seemed as though we did all this talk about oh you know what's the outcome look like after an election is decided or what have you. I, I mean things have just still been popping and actually you've seen kind of other industries kind of enter the mix a little bit. Personally, in my portfolio, a couple of real estate um, ETFs that I own. They've even been doing okay, and that we're talking more retailer, corporate real estate, um, who which had not been doing all that great as a result of the pandemic. So I, I don't think there's a direct correlation there, but I just think there's a lot of positivity in general about you know the vaccine making its way, uh, you know, hopefully into stages where we could see a release here in the next couple of months. Uh, and they're saying even for frontline health workers, even sooner than that. So I think there there is a lot of positivity on an economic standpoint right now, and uh, you know. Believe me, I'm I'm happy to see it as much as the next guy because there's a lot of people doing worse off. I mean, I'm lucky to still be employed. You're you're in school. There's a lot of people yeah. that haven't been as fortunate. So it's I, I'm personally hopeful that you know these economic trends that we're seeing in the graphs and in in the markets themselves. I'm hopeful that we see a little bit of that trickle down to the average American because I don't know if we have quite seen that yet. Yeah, we. I mean, as as we've done. Uh, congressional lawmakers and officials just have not been able to agree over any new stimulus um, really since basically the pandemic began and we've passed the first stimulus package. Um, you know, even on two, even today, a uh, group of Republicans and Democrats came together and uh, they unveiled a $908 billion stimulus proposal, but Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, rejected the proposal. So, uh, for the most part, though, you know, equity investors in the market is overlooking that. But I do fear that, like, our economy and, like, a lot of people in our country are feeling that, are feeling the issues that are kind of still coming from this, that there is that K-shaped recovery we talked about in a previous episode where, you know, you got people that are going up with the market, but then there's also people that are going down and struggling that need some relief, that need some more unemployment insurance and aid. So it'll be interesting to see if if we can get anything done Um while we're still in this transition from from a Trump presidency to a Biden presidency, but overall, I I, st- I think the market is is looking hot, but there is fear of a double dip recession or a pullback, as some have called it. You'll have that when you've had a bull market for the last ten years or so. Yes, we endured the correction as a result of the virus and everything, but the, you know, since it's bounced back from there, does that still mean that we um, are not overheated? I don't think you can come to that conclusion just yet. So that double dip recession, as you're speaking of, I think there could be other factors still still laying in there. I mean, it's, I think it's going to be volatile, but the market's able to look out past that. It's able to look out at like, you know, where we might be in June next year, where we have a decent amount of the population already getting vaccinated and most of the country really opening back up, people returning to in-person work. So it'll be interesting, but I, I think any any dip, any volatility to the downside is for buying, is for adding to your adding to your investments for sure. Um, one investment I've obviously been high on that you know is Bitcoin, and it's back in the spotlight, um, almost reaching a twenty a twenty thousand price point. Um, really excited to see if it can thousand here in this week, but um, rising over one hundred sixty percent this year. And I just want to ask you, James. Like I'm an addict of Bitcoin. Like I follow the news cycle and I'm checking the chart every day because I have a lot invested in it. But like, do you see it come up a lot yourself? Like as the average man that doesn't care too much about it, that might own a little bit because I've been in your ear. But 
I'm just curious. Yeah. So I don't see it every day. It's, it, I wouldn't say it's a daily occurrence, but you, you know, I don't think you can completely avoid it either. Now, now it's almost tied in when you talk about stock markets, you talk about, you know, different types of like, even on a foreign exchange market, I think you, you, if you're looking into that kind of stuff and directly researching it, you're going to see something pop up about Bitcoin. And so if you aren't aware of it at this point, I mean, you will be in short order. Um, I, you know, I would argue also that I own a little bit. Yes, because you were probably one of the first people to introduce it to me, but I do kind of also agree that there's inherent value, you know, with it. Inherent is probably not the right word for it, but there is, you know, it's, it's a worthwhile investment is the, uh, probably the best way I would describe it. So I think it's still gaining there, but it's got a ways to go. Yeah. Interesting thing that as it gains price, it almost gains credibility too. Like, whereas you think it's almost less investable where, where stocks go up in price, you're like, oh, it's more risky to, they have to have better earnings to, you know, meet this expectation. But Bitcoin almost gets more, like more support when the price rises. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm of the thought that we'll have a huge bubble. Like I'm thinking 50 to a hundred thousand in 2021 for a price. I'll be honest. That's, that's kind of my prediction. Some people are way above that, but I'm thinking we'll have another bubble. And I think it'll pop. I think we'll, we'll have another, you know, 50% plus correction in the next few years as well, where, you know, and there might be another, and it could happen again and again. I I'm, I'm planning on, you know, kind of dollar cost selling once we kind of start passing this 20,000 level uh, with my holdings, but It'll just be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, I think a digitally non-sovereign, you know, censorship-resistant currency um, that's kind of run by code and mathematics is just a really cool thing, and it's verified by people across across the world on the blockchain. So I, I think it's a really interesting value proposition in the world today, especially with central banks everywhere with 0% interest rates um, and just printing insane amounts of cash um, onto the market. So consuming some of that it might be taken quite as as a store of value the new the new digital gold as they say i'm a fan of it but james i think i've been rambling too much so let's go in to the two minute drill bum, bum, bum. Hey, i hate to interrupt you uh but when the cow says go we have to move on uh so <laughs> have to uh, have to burst your bubble there all right so we're gonna do a buy or sell to wrap this thing up and we're gonna start black friday just came in this past week um, I personally, this was like the first year in a while, I did not purchase anything myself. I did instruct my mother that a few things that I would like for Christmas could be purchased that day, gave direct links and all. Uh, but besides that, no one else told me what they wanted. So I was not really shopping for anyone uh, on that day. Didn't buy a single item. So this year I, I was holding, you know, I wasn't selling, but I was holding. What about you? I I was a buyer, honest. Um, but but uh, and I, I don't think my mom was podcast so i bought her a nice air fryer um nice see if she likes that i think she will i bought my dad a you'll think this bought him a a blank playbook uh like it's got like a 300 pages yeah. of like blank football yeah. a blank football field so he can he can write some plays for fun um, okay i mean a, if you're if there's any threat of either of them listening we'll we'll bleep that out don't worry um, <laughs> I think we're good, but I also really bought myself something big. I didn't go for the P5 or Xbox or the Nintendo Switch. Even I bought the Oculus Quest to the VR headset. Um, I'm excited to check it out and, and get into the VR game. The, the first thing I bought, because you have to buy the games as well too. I bought uh, Top Golf has a VR game, and I guess like they have a bay where it feels like you're hitting different clubs. 
you're not actually holding the club, obviously, you're just holding the remote, but you could, I guess the, mm-hmm. the physics of it are pretty good, and they have like a nice little putting game as well. But I think VR is just an interesting future thing, especially with some of this remote work. It'll be interesting to see if VR ever comes into play. But so I'm, I'm excited to try out that, uh, try the VR quest out. I'll let you guys know. So out of curiosity, what did that, yeah, we'll need a further review from you a little bit later. But what did that run you on Black Friday? So there's no, there was deal. Like it's tough to find any deal on Black Friday for the um, systems and devices, the gaming systems. But it was so there's a 299 version for 64 gigabytes, which really isn't that much. But I I went I paid 100 dollars more 399 for 256 gigs. Okay, good to know. Noted, noted. All right, yeah. All right, next. Yeah, item. how much is the Spotify how much is the PS5 and Xbox? Those are, you're good. I Believe me, I, I have not even looked into it. Again, the gambling has not been too kind to me lately for disposable income. I believe there's a version that goes for $3.99 and another one that goes for $2.99, uh-huh. if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on the $2.99 portion. I'm, I got to be honest. All video um, game sales are killing it right now. That I'm pretty sure all the devices are just selling like crazy. Yeah, so I, I really... Uh, that's next up on our buy or sell. Okay, the PS5 is yeah, they're five hundred dollars a pop. For I guess there is a starting version at three ninety nine and another one that goes up to four ninety nine. So I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'll tell you we didn't we didn't get the end zone on this two minute drill. Time not we, even we, close. Finish this episode. Finish this episode up. What 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 about Spotify Wrapped? What is that? I don't even know. Is that like our that's Christmas the year, songs or whatever? That's no. That's the uh, year in review. That's what they call it is the you know your year wrapped up in a present. Uh, so it gives it to you at the beginning of December. It just came out like literally today. You know, you're gonna see it all over social media for like the next week. Uh so I know a lot of people hate on it. So you know, I get why you would sell, but I buy it. I love learning about people, what they listen to. I you know, I get to form my own judgments about them as a result of that. Uh I get to show off my music nerdiness a little bit because I listen to a lot. So I am all about the Spotify raps. I'm a huge buy. And, you know, if it's a week that you you stay off social media because you hate it, then so be it. Because I think it's great. Yeah. That, um, you know, I, I like Spotify. You can listen to great podcasts, great, great songs as well. Like some great Christmas music. I, I've been listening to Christmas music for like four weeks now, I feel like, like since the beginning of November. Now with snow on the ground in Columbus, um, not quite as much as Cleveland, but I got a few inches in Columbus. I mean, it's been on all day for me. No, I'm I'm a huge buyer of that too. I'm I'm good anytime like kind of mid-November, you, you know. I am fine with before Thanksgiving a lot of people. I just think after Halloween is a necessity because uh, if you're trying to tell me October, I'm I'm out on that. But I'll buy yeah. it anytime after. To be honest, I think I did play a song on Halloween this year. I was just getting excited for November. <laughs> okay. Um, glad I glad I wasn't with you then. What's the song of the week? Let's let's let everyone go go with one. Yeah, they need to. Uh, So Joni Mitchell is a you know classic rock artist that uh, you know couple you might know a couple songs like Big Big Yellow Taxi is a popular one, uh, Woodstock, uh, but she has a nice version of a song uh, by the name of River. I was unaware of it until this past weekend. I actually shot at my sister Claire with showing that one to me. Um, It's done kind of the rhythm of Jingle Bells. It's actually been covered by Ellie Goulding as recently as like last year. It actually shot up the like, Christmas music charts. But the original version of River by Joni Mitchell, kind of a banger. Uh, and if all goes well, that's what you would have heard at the beginning of the episode, um, is a little piano intro to River. 
um you know it's, it's a feel-good christmas spirit song um you know all around great tune I'm going to go tune in. I hope you guys all tune into that song as well. And I hope you tune into our next podcast episode as well. Guys, keep picking on Pickmas. Have a great December. And go Browns, 8-3, and three, baby. Let's go.